Well, good morning. It's good to see you all here. Isn't it always fun to have a few technical difficulties in the morning? Yes, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and our worship team, what a great job they did. Just rolling with that thing. You guys are awesome. Awesome. And gosh, that last song, wasn't that awesome? Man. And uh, great to have all of you who are joining us on uh, line here this uh, morning as uh, we continue in this series on uh, Galatians. And we're going to be looking at chapter five in the book of Galatians. Um, I love this chapter because of uh, some of the things that Paul does with it that we're going to uh, look at here this morning. But he starts the chapter off this way. He starts it off uh, and he says, it is for freedom. And, and the whole language and the idea of what he says, it's like for freedom's sake. He says, it is for freedom's sake that Christ has set you free, right? It's not for all of these other things, but th there's something central. There's something important about freedom that he set you free for. And so the question has become, okay, like what does that mean? Where, where is Paul going? And of course, um, there have been these four chapters that we've been looking at, and Paul has been laying all this groundwork, and we've, we've heard him talk about this whole idea that you're, like, you're not in slavery, you're not in bondage to that old law. There's this new way of living uh, that is in freedom. You like this uh, the other thing, and it's, and it's wonderful. And then, then he makes this statement, right? And this statement is kind of resounding, right? If you, if you had any doubt about what he means about this idea that you're really no longer the law and you are free of it, he makes it. But, th but then you're left like, okay, all right, okay. So the, those rules are gone, but really, like, like what are the new rules? Like, like what are we supposed to do here? Like, because right? there's that thing of like, 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 what does this mean? How do we live this out? Reminds me a little bit of... Uh, an experience I had years ago, my dad and I both got the same present uh, for Christmas um, from our families, and it was uh, to go and be a part of the NASCAR experience up in Phoenix at PRI. Have you, have you heard of this thing? Um, it's great fun. Like, there's this company, and they purchased real NASCARs that had been retired, but they are real NASCARs. Um, and they put together this experience where you get to, to drive a NASCAR out on, on PIR racetrack. And so uh, we got to go up there. I was all excited. Uh, you get there and they run you through kind of this short training thing. You do this thing and they're like, okay, we want to give you like the real experience. So one of the things that happens is before the race, like all the drivers have this driver meeting and they kind of go through some of the specifics and all this stuff. So, um, and you get to wear like the fire suit, like the racing suit and you get your helmet and, and gloves and everything. So we get there and we go to the driver's meeting and they walk through all of these different things. And then, uh, and there were a couple of uh, like uh, mechanics and like uh, uh, team leaders that were actually there for this experience. These were real NASCAR people. And so he walks all this stuff and then he says, so any questions? What are your questions? <laughs> Hand goes up, this, this guy in the back. And he goes, so how fast are we allowed to go? And I'll never forget, the guy goes, as fast as you want to go. Okay, really, how fast are we allowed to go, right? And he goes, listen, you, you can drive when you get in the NASCAR, you can go as fast as you want to go. If you, if you want to just putz around in first gear going, wah, this is, you know, great. 
go for it. If you, if you want to try and get in the top gear and go around this thing as fast, as fast as you can, you go as fast as you want to go, right? So a few other people ask some questions, and then another hand goes up, and it's someone from there and goes, okay, can I go back to the first question? Like, okay, so like, like how fast can we really go on this thing, right? And he goes, listen, I told you, you go as fast as you want to go, as fast as you're comfortable. If you, like, you go as fast as you want to go on this thing. And there were a bunch of people, and they just couldn't let this go. It's like, okay, it, it can't work this way. So then one guy goes, okay, so like, have you put governors on these cars? And like, you know, like, how many miles per hour can they go? And he goes, they're real NASCARs. He said, they're not tuned to like maximum spec. But you know, they got like 850 horsepower. And we're like, oh my gosh, right? Yeah. He goes, Go as fast as you want. And like, and came back to this thing and like no one would let it go in this thing. You can just tell it's just like this, right? Like you can't just put us in an 850 horsepower car and go, go as fast as you want. That can't be true, right? And finally he goes, listen, listen, you didn't come here to go slow, right? <laughs> You're like, well, no, that's for sure. Yeah, he says, go as fast as you want. And then, and that was the last question. Like the, the very last question, they came back to the first question and we're all filing out. And uh, my dad and I were kind of near the back. And as we're waiting for some other guys to go by, we're standing next to two of the guys that are like part of the whole NASCAR experience thing. And they were joking because the one guy that asked the first question just walked out and, and he goes, Wait till he gets in the car and finds out there's not even a speedometer, <laughs> right? So, like, there's this thing, like, okay, where do you take this freedom thing, right? Paul can't be just saying, right? You're just free for freedom's sake. Like, okay, like, what's the catch in this thing, right? There's got to be something here. Now, this raises this issue, and, and I'll come back to the NASCAR thing here in a little bit, okay? But it raises this thing that when he says this, like, what's happening? Because there is this classic struggle that we feel and understand today. And what's interesting is it is in chapter 5 that Paul addresses this classic, classic struggle. Uh, and and it's, it, it goes along these lines. It starts with this. It starts with the idea of license, right? So if when we become a follower of Christ, Jesus just sets us free. And, and because of his grace, we're just forgiven. There's this idea that like, so are you just going to take the grace of Jesus and use it as a license to sin? And there's this tension that gets felt like that. Like to just to take it at face value, it just, it's like you're saying what Jesus does, it just gives us a license to sin and, and, and we just go live that way, right? But then on the other side of this tension is this whole idea, and we've seen it through the whole book of Galatians, is this idea of law, right? Of religious rule keeping. And it's like there's this tension between the two, between law and license and, and like where do you lean? What's the right thing to do in this kind of struggle? And the truth is, I think there's a kind of struggle that we all have with this tension. It's interesting. I got to spend uh, like a day and a night with our high schoolers at their camp. So I, I, I went over, uh, got to spend a day and hang out with a bunch of our high school. They are such, they, like, I, they are an amazing group of kids. And what was great is as I was getting to talk to them just about life and where they were, like, 
even there, like this thing came out and you could feel the tension that they had. There's moments where they're like, okay, like, you know, and they're talking about their spiritual lives. There was this part where they're like, you know, I understand there's this thing about following Christ that like you could step in and they didn't use the word license, but they step in this thing that just like, because of grace, whatever, like you could go blow your life up. Like, and as young people, they understand this. It's just like, I could go out and I could just start making decisions but I, like, I don't want to blow my life up, right? Like, like, like I don't want to do that. I know I need something. But in the same token, like they talked about, like, man, I feel kind of squashed by all of mom and dad's rules, right, at the house. You know, like, there's all, I can't wait until, like, I'm out of the house. I can't wait until I can, you know, formulate some things on my own. And, do, like, and what they were describing was this tension, that it's, it's like, I don't want to be squashed by the law, but man, I don't want to blow something up in my life because I walk down some path spiritually that, that takes this freedom thing the wrong direction. And the truth is, I think it plays out with us as adults too. Like, like I hear it all the time. Like there's this thing where it's like, I, I don't want to get lost in the kind of chaos of what it would mean to just live in license. Like, like, I don't think that's the right thing. And yet, right, I don't want to be on some religious treadmill trying to eke out this thing in the law that in the end has a way of making all of these promises and never delivering on them. What do you do? And because of how Paul so emphasizes this idea that we do not live under the law and that the law is like bondage or slavery and that we're free from it, it, it has people wrestling with this thing, right? Know anyone? And you just go, man, they, they have taken the license thing to a bad place. And you've watched what happens in their life. Or you know someone else, maybe it's a friend, and, and you watch them live under a kind of religious rule-keeping that is stealing joy. Like, it's, it's making their relationship with Christ like plastic or something. But you're like, how, like, how do I approach this? So here's what Paul does in Galatians chapter 5. He talks directly to these two issues. And with each of them says, let me give you a path forward if you struggle with license. Let me give you a path forward if you struggle with law. And so this, I just, I want to walk through that uh, here this morning. Now, I want to start with license. Paul actually begins chapter five and is addressing the thing with law, but I want to start with license. So if you have your Bibles, turn with your Bibles, Galatians chapter five, and turn to verse 13, because that's where he begins talking about the issue of license. And I want you to see what he points out. And he's going to point out four things uh, here with this. He says this. He says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So what he's walking through here in this thing is this, is this thing about if you struggle with license, or you don't know what to do uh, with it, or you see someone in this, here, four things 
that he points out in this that are uh, really, really important. And he starts with uh, this idea. Look at the, the, go back to the beginning of that. He says, you, my brothers, were called to be free. So even though He's addressing those that are struggling with license or this is where they're leaning. This is their path. He says, understand, you are called. You were called to be free. It's, it's part of who you're supposed to be. It's who you were created to be in this. You don't give up the freedom, right? Now, I'm going to come back to this freedom piece a little bit later, but I want to look at these other things that, that he walks out. Um, look down just a little bit. He says this. Uh, don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. So he gives this warning, right? And he says, yes, you're free. Don't give it up. But understand, you can use your freedom. You can misuse your freedom in a way that is really unhealthy. Un right? And, and I, I love the word he says, right? Um, uh, to indulge. What an interesting word to use there. To indulge the flesh flesh. Like, like you're serving it. You're nurturing it. You're feeding like those fleshly desires in this way that like, and it leads to, to something so unhealthy. And he uses a little phrase here, and he's going to use it twice uh, in both instances here to talk about the results. He's going to give a warning and, and there's results. And it's just this little phrase, if you. And so if you do this, like here are the results that walk out. Look what he says. If you keep on biting and devouring, you will be destroyed by each other. Very relational. There's this kind of relational harm or destruction that happens if you misuse your freedom, right? A lot of power in there. Like, you know, get in a NASCAR, 850 horsepower, right? It's, it's not like, you know, uh, you know, getting in a normal vehicle in this, right? And if you misuse it, like, bad things can happen uh, in this. And uh, then he goes on uh, with this. So, uh, gives us this call, right, to be free, but then gives us this warning. And now he gives us this kind of aim. Look back at the passage, and he says this, rather, right, rather serve one another in love. So now he says, like, here's your aim, love. Instead of serving the flesh, serve one another in love, right? And, and he, point, he uses this as this kind of aim. If there's a moment that you're struggling with license and like, okay, how do I move forward here? It's like, let me give you a really clear aim. Let, let me give you something to shoot for. That, that will help create like a kind of course correction in your life. If license, like if, if you're, if something's happening where you're giving great, you're making grace into that kind of license. Um, he says, love others as yourself. And what's interesting is how he puts this. He's, right? He says, you can take all of the law. So if you're like, and, the, and I don't mean this in a bad way. Like maybe you're sitting here and you're going, Glenn, man, I, like I'm a type A, very structured kind of individual. I like, I like, I like structure. I like rules. Not like, they're not a, I like them. I like the organization they bring. They, they're a joy for me to follow. And, the, and you're this freedom thing, like it, maybe you like love it, but I'm like, I'm looking for a little more structure. Give me a rule on this thing. It's kind of like Paul saying, okay, let, let me put this in a healthy way. 
says, you can take all the law and it's summed up in this one command. Love others as yourself. And where does that come from? Jesus. That's all Paul is doing here is he's saying, let me take you back to the one command that Jesus walks out in this thing. And it's to love others as yourself. That's the only command you need because it gives you something to aim at. And then uh, he gives us this kind of way forward in all of this uh, where he ends this section out and he says, so I say, what? Live by the Spirit or walk by the Spirit. And, and the word there for walk is the Greek word peripateo, which it just literally means to walk. And what he's describing is this different kind of path, right? It's not living by the law or rules. There's a, there's a way of walking with Jesus, a way of walking with the Spirit in you. And so it's this idea that, that we walk, right, in the Spirit. Because, and you'll see this in, in this, and he does this all through this book, and we'll see it again on the other side of this. Because the point is, how do we trust Christ? Right? This is all a faith kind of thing. Right here. And he's saying, so now you trust the Spirit in you. You let it, it be a kind of guide in your life, Right? The statement, right, this thing that we worry about with licenses, if, to really embrace this kind of freedom is, it's like you're turning people loose with no moral compass. That is a bold-faced lie. Because what Paul is saying is, you have more than just a moral compass. You have the Spirit of God and you have the Holy Spirit. You have more than a moral compass, right? And it's this idea, right? The way uh, Jesus taught his disciples uh, is he didn't have a smart board like this. And he didn't necessarily diagram things out on this. His way, his path was get up in the morning and there are his disciples. All right, guys, walk with me. Walk with me. Parapateo. Walk with me. And as you walk with me, you know what? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna come across some people that are hurting. We're going to come across some religious leaders. We're going to come across some that, the people that don't know anything about God. We're going to come across some people that think they know are struggling. We're going to come all, And you're going to watch me live this out. And as I live it out, I'm going to bring you along. And as you walk with me, I will teach you. I will show you. I will grow you. And all Paul is saying is because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you, by faith, get to walk with God. And he is growing you. He is teaching you. He is showing you things. You have a moral compass and then some, see? And it's this beautiful thing. And he says, if you're struggling with license, if you're worried about the chaos, if you're, if you're worried that you just, things are going to uh, uh, just go crazy and blow up, he said, don't give up your freedom. But understand, you can misuse it. Don't misuse it. But your aim is love and your way is faith in Jesus. That's how you do this. Now, he then turns around, and now he's going to 
talk about, okay, now let me give some other directions to those that maybe are struggling with the law thing, okay? So uh, to do that, I'm actually going to break down the, the passage a little bit more and we had some people that were so kind to actually write the passages out. So go back to the beginning of um, chapter five and he starts off this way. And again, we're gonna see four things here with the law and how to, how to deal with the law. And notice this, he says this, it is for freedom's sake, right? Or for freedom that Christ has set us free. And just, right, it is for freedom, he says. And this is this word, we, uh, the passage we read at the beginning, right? that he set you free. You've been set free in this. Stand firm then, right? This like, th this is what freedom was meant to be, right? Uh, it's uh, when I was in that uh, driver's meeting at that NASCAR thing, and all the guys are raising their hands and raising their hands. Finally, one of the, one of the NASCAR guys, the leaders there goes, guys, 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 listen. And he, he literally said, he said, how far did some of you come from? And he asked, you know, and we're, like, we're from Tucson. And there were people from like all over the state. And he goes, okay, so let me tell you something. You didn't get in your cars this morning. Get on the freeway to drive for hours, some of you, going the speed limit or, you know, what you think you could do, maybe a little bit over the speed limit, drive for hours in your car to get here, to get in an 850 horsepower NASCAR to follow the speed limit again. Did you? And we're like, well, no, no, no. He goes, no, you're in a NASCAR. Go as fast as you want. We're like, well, I'm, 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 it's right. It's just like, and there's this struggle. And I could just see Paul and he's like, listen, You've got Jesus in your heart. You didn't, you didn't give up your whole life. Invite him in your heart, the living God who died on a cross, rose from the dead. I mean, talk about horsepower. No one's ever done this on their own. This is what Jesus did. You didn't become his follower. Have him live in your heart just to what? Well, give me some rules for like, how am I? No. <laughs> you've got something in front of you. Live that, right? There's an experience in front of you in this thing. That's what he's saying in this thing, right? So he, he goes on. And now I want you to see what he does next here, right? He says, so you're free. He says, but mark my words. What's this feel like? A little bit of a warning, isn't it, right? Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you, now, remember that? Right? This is part of the warning. Here's the result of this. Um, if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value at all. Whoa. Start following the rules as a rule keeper. And he says, here's the result. Christ will be no value to you at all. Let that sink in for a moment. Whoa. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on. Look at what he says. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised. And, and this idea of circumcision, this was kind of like the ultimate uh, law following for them in this moment. This, this was one of the, the issues that they were arguing over a whole bunch about following the law. He says, um, to be circumcised, that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be, right, trying to be, you know, I'm going to earn my way in, uh, justified by the law, have been 
and this is really sad, have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. I, that's, that's something, isn't it? In fact, I want you to think about this for a moment. If you didn't know that the context of what he says as the result here was about being a religious rule keeper, and you just heard Paul say, listen, if you, X, Y, Z, the result would be that Christ becomes of no value to you. In fact, you're alienating Christ from you and have fallen away from grace. We would think, oh, that's someone who has taken license to the bitter end. That's the person who just says, I don't care what right and wrong is. That's the person who's just blatantly rebelling against God in this, right? No. He's saying, what you're not doing is trusting in Christ in this thing, right? That's, this is his warning. Now, he goes on, right? And he says, he says this, he says, but, I love this, by faith, we eagerly, we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness from which we hope for Christ Jesus, right? Uh, uh, neither circumcision or uncircumcision has any value, right? For Christ Jesus, like, to have, to, to, like, this is all about like law or license. And he's like, it has nothing, like Jesus isn't, neither one of those are his path. It is about, it is about walking with the spirit to trust Christ. That is how we move forward in this. That's what he's saying uh, in this. Um, and then he goes on, right? So then he ends this section with, Super powerful verse. If you ever want to memorize a verse, here's a good one to memorize. He says, the only thing that counts, mm, pay attention, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That's an aim. You want to know what to aim your life towards? What do I do next? What, like, what does God want for me? Faith expressing itself through love, right? This is, and, and he's saying this to all those that would have this struggle with the law, right? And he starts off with this idea about like, um, it is for freedom that Christ set you free. What's interesting is when you think about this idea of like uh, this freedom piece, understand that Paul, Paul is not just choosing this because like it's one of his personal values. I just, I'm like, I'm a freedom-oriented kind of guy. I like that. So I'm going to throw this in here. What Paul is doing is he's going back to the very teachings of Jesus, right? In fact, there's a moment um, in the Gospel of John. Let me read this to you. Um, in the Gospel of John chapter 8, where Jesus says this. Um, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. See, living in freedom is actually the thing that God wants for you. You're not rebelling 
right? There is a way to embrace your freedom that is actually the thing that God wants for you. You know, I, I go back to that driver's meeting, and it's kind of interesting. I, it's like these guys, when they were talking about all of this stuff, you know what they wanted? They wanted us to go fast, right? They didn't want us to go too fast or too slow. They, they kept saying those things because they were like, they knew the joy that we had. They understood that the people that signed up and came there, they, they were probably watching NASCAR for years. They had secret dreams about being NASCAR drivers. And this was the closest they were going to. I got my, so just, you know, a little bit about me. I've like, for many, many years, I have watched NASCAR, loved NASCAR. It, it was no fluke that they picked this as something for a Christmas present for me, right? My favorite driver was Jeff Gordon. And that day, it just so happened that one of Jeff Gordon's old cars was the car I got to drive in. I felt like a little bit of heaven had come to earth that day, right? And, and the guys that were putting all that, like that, they wanted that. And in the same way, friends, like there's this beautiful thing of what Christ wants for us and for you. And, and here's, here's what I want you to see in this as well. So he talks about law. And what did he say? It is, right, for freedom. Right? Very similar to be free. He gives this warning because you can misuse your freedom. Like, you can do uh, that. But then, all right, he has this uh, beautiful thing where he talks about, like, we eagerly await on, on Christ. We eagerly await on the Spirit. There's this faith thing that has to do with walking with the Spirit, right? Because it's about trust in Christ, Right? And then he ends it with that, like the beautiful line about the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. You always have an aim. If, I, if, I, if ever at a moment, like, I don't know what to do. I'm praying, I'm seeking, like, okay, God, what do I do next? He says, you have an aim, and it's love. You know what I find really interesting out of this and the reason I diagrammed this? We always feel caught between these two things. Like, what do I do? What do I do? Paul walks through uh, what I'm going to call is a path of living out the gospel here. And the answer to if you struggle with license is not add a little law. You know, straighten you back up. If you're getting all wrapped up in the law and you're, and you're drifting towards, you know, being a religious rule keeper, it's, you know, like, just lighten up. Go out and sin a little bit. You know, that'll, that'll, that'll free you up from the law. No. The answer for both is really the same, isn't it? Embrace your freedom. Don't abuse it. You always have an aim if you don't know, and it's love. How, what does love guide me towards? Because ultimately, how we're trying to live is, I'm going to walk with, in faith, the Spirit of God within me. I'm going to trust in Jesus who lives in me. The answer is the same in there, right? It's this amazing thing. There, there we have so much with Christ within us. Um, so one of the other things that they said in that driver's meeting as we were going through this whole thing, he, he gave us a kind of warning in there. Like, it reminds me of this. He said, so here's the thing. When you're out there, right, go as fast as you want. But trust me on this. 
you need to listen to your spotter. Because we all had these earplugs that go inside and we had the, you know, the fire suits on and you put this like sock thing over your head and there were these earplugs that we'd put in our ears attached to a mic, a radio, you know, put your helmet on. And he said, there's going to be a spotter. And he said, all professional spotters that spot for real NASCAR drivers have come here, right? They've given up some time to come here to be a spotter for you. He said, listen to them. Let them guide you around the track. Let them guide you around the track. They're, who cares? The, you go as fast as you want. And I promise you, the spotter will help you go faster than you could ever go on your own. I got in that car, right? And you get in that car, and all of a sudden, you, you feel like you're in a cocoon. Like, there's this thing wrapped around your head, and they've got the Hans device on. You can't even, like, lean forward. And then there's a guy who straps you in. And I mean, he straps you, and you're like, Bing! you know, and then you reach up and you grab the steering wheel, and you're, like, looking through these mirrors, and you're just like, what am I going to do, right? Before I even started the car, I hear this voice in my head coming through the earphones. Good morning, Glenn. You're ready to have some fun? And I'm like, oh yeah, right? You know, and we start this thing and we get out on the track. And the first thing I know, right? And I'm thinking, right? You know, I'm gonna get out there and do like, you know? I get out there into the first corner. I'm like, ah, and he's like, you can keep going, really? Yeah, you can keep going. I went into that corner trusting trusting that he was like telling me the truth because it felt like that car was just going to spin out of control because every other car or truck or anything I've ever driven, if I would have taken a turn that fast in that thing, like I would have been in the wall. I wasn't trusting myself in that moment. He's like, you got this. You're doing just fine. You're like, we'll get you going a lot faster. Really? Because I think I'm just like riding on the crazy edge of what this car can do, you know? And really, I was just like, you know? And then we get around the first lap and they only let you do like eight laps on this thing. And, and they explained in this thing, they said, so we're only going to let you do a maximum of eight laps, right? Because what we have found is for like amateurs like you, right? Eight laps is all your brain can handle. Your brain is going to be overloaded, overheated. And after eight laps, like your, your brain is like functioning like a bag of hammers and you're going to crash it. So we're only going to let you go eight laps, but you're going to have a ball of fun for those eight laps. And we got out there and realized like, flying around this track on this thing. And as we go around, like, and there were professional, there were actual NASCAR drivers out there that were giving rides. So if someone didn't want to ride, drive their own car, they could go on a ride. And he said, so there's going to be other drivers out there going slower, faster than you. And he said, they're driving the exact same kind of car you are. Right? And, I, and at first, I'm just like, no, they're going to have like the really souped up ones. And he goes, actually, their cars can't go as fast as your car because we've had to add a bunch of extra weight to create a roll cage around the passenger seat on it. So they've got like a slower car, right? And I'm out there, and one of the NASCAR drivers goes, Poof. I'm like, what in the world? How did he do that, right? But with every lap, like that spotter starts talking. He says, okay, I want you to, if you go in higher, I want you to drift up to this side. Like, don't let off the gas yet. Don't let off, don't let off. You can do like, and he just starts talking you through this thing until you start going faster and faster and faster in this thing. And I remember I got up to a, uh, behind another car and I was just like, um, the, 
the, maybe it was my flesh, maybe it was uh, the part that God made, I don't know what it was, but I wanted to pass another car, right? That's, that's what I want to do. So, and he's like, I don't want you to pass any other cars unless I tell you you can do that. And like, and so after a few laps, I'm like up on, and I'm doing everything I can. I want to catch this car, I want to pass it. I'm just like, like, can I pass it? And all of a sudden I'm realized, I don't know how to do this. This is like, you know, and then he talked me through this thing, right? And it was just like, this glorious thing. But at the same token, the thing that I learned out of it was the idea of a speed limit was ridiculous because the thing limiting the speed wasn't a speed limit. It was me. It was me. And it was that spotter speaking to my ear. It was teaching me, guiding me. It with, he was the one that was showing me how to go faster and faster in this freedom of no speed limit. And I think about what Paul's trying to do here. And he's saying, listen, don't abuse it. Like, I want you to listen to me. Your aim is love. And you have the Spirit of God in you. Pay attention to the Spirit of God in you. And he like, you will get to do more things out of your freedom by paying attention to God, then you will ever do living out of license. License, there's no real freedom in that. That's just, that's just throwing your car in the wall. Don't do that. Do you see the beauty of this? He says in the law, whatever structure provides, it's not taking you around the track. That's not what you were made for. That, at the end of the day, that will just wear you out from like a kind of religious board. Like that's not the thing. Let God teach you more and more of the beauty of who you were made to be. Because the more you trust, the more you walk with the Spirit in you, like, the more you will experience the truth and the beauty of the freedom that you have in this. Do you see the difference? So let me just end with a couple of things. Actually, uh, four things. Four things, just practical ways of tuning yourself into the Spirit within you or Christ who abides uh, in you, okay? Because part of this is like, okay, in a practical way, how do I walk that path of walking with the Spirit and trusting Jesus? Let, let me offer you a couple of things because, right, all of us say, okay, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask him. Like, what do I do next? That is great, right? But I'm sure some of you are going, but like, what else? Because like, I've prayed at times and, I, and like, that didn't get me somewhere in that place. So four things real quickly here. One, Get to know what Jesus has already said. You, you, have, you have four Gospels packed full of Jesus' life and the things he has said and the things he has taught. Think about, learn, get to know what Jesus has already said through Scripture. Get to know what Jesus has already said to you in the past. What are moments where he walked you or guided you through something? You're like, oh, there's something to learn. There's something that now that I've learned it, I don't necessarily need him to tell me again to do that. I, like, I've, I've learned this. I've, I've learned something about this. Second thing, what do you already know that you're not acting on now, right? Um, if you're like me, there are moments where like, okay, there's something of really big concern over here in my life. Like, and I'm like, okay, God, what do you want me to do over here? What, like, how do I handle this situation? I just, I want to know, I want to know, I want to know. Like, tell me. You know, I got some stuff over here. I really kind of already understand you want me to act on or whatever, but like, uh, okay, I'm, I'm just like, I'm going to. So just some friendly encouragement. 
if there's something that you already know that Christ is saying, hey, I'm giving you clarity on how to move forward, how to handle this over here, take the time, take the energy to trust him with that. Because what you might find is that as you trust him in that area of your life, he can use that to show you some things over here. He'll like, oh, or maybe he's like, you know what? We're not ready for this over here. We're not ready to be passing cars yet. I, like, I, like we're, we're still on shifting into the next gear over here. I want you to learn this first. What has he already showed you that you haven't engaged yet? Uh, uh, do that next. Uh, third thing, what would loving the other as yourself look like? And this is so good in moments where you're stuck. Like maybe you've got a friend and like, and Maybe there's conflict. Maybe you're at odds and you're just like, I, like, man, what do I do? Do I move forward? Do I say something with this? Do it? Well, like, if you don't know, if you don't know, you can always let love be your guide. It becomes an aim that has this way of course correcting. You'll never go wrong seeking a pathway of love. Let love be your aim especially when you don't know how to move forward. Uh, lastly, ask someone, uh, ask some trustworthy Christ followers who know you what they think. Are you struggling with something? Maybe it's a temptation that you're struggling with. And you're like, I, like, I don't know how to move forward in this thing. I don't like, find someone that is safe, who is a follower of Christ. Because here's the thing, if Christ is in you, right? If, if you're seeking to walk with the Holy Spirit and they also are walking with the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that is in you, and if they know you, maybe, maybe there's something that they see, especially like if, and I say this, like, like, don't be frivolous with this. This is not like, okay, I'm just going to walk up and bear my soul to like somebody uh, I barely know, but I know they're a Christian. Like, that's not what I'm saying here. Cultivate trustworthy relationships in your life with other followers of Christ and, and allow them to speak into your life sometime. People that will treat you with grace and not with judgment. They've got to be safe. And you know, let me say this too. Um, be that for other people. Be the person that is safe but honest and unconditional in your love. And, and you offer that to others, I promise you'll have others that can offer that to you. And you may find that there's something in their walk with Christ that is very helpful to help you in your walk with Christ. So wherever you are in this, embrace your freedom. Don't abuse it. Let your aim be love. But live out of a path of walking walking with the Spirit to trust Jesus. Why don't you stand, and I'm going to close this out here. And as I do, let me just say, gosh, if you were a visitor here this morning, so good to have you. I'm going to be hanging out kind of down in the front and the side right over here. Uh, if you're a guest here this morning, I'd love to just shake your hand and uh, uh, meet you. Um, let me uh, pray, and we'll uh, be dismissed. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much uh, for Paul's words, and we thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. And just the beauty of the kind of freedom in life that, that he wants for us, that you want for us, and that you're calling us to. 
Help us to trust you. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Have a great Sunday.